0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast. Brand spanking new and rebranded. Here we are. I am with the only two twins that just launched a website, brotoff.com with our very own stat. Yay! yay. You,
1: know you know had to bring it back. You do that, right? I'm very excited, <laughs> but...
0: You know we hate that when we're not even excited after you. Do I it. know, like I was, I was so excited. And now you guys just like killed the vibe. But the vibe will continue because it is championship week, and we are here to give you tips that will help you dominate your fantasy. Also, we have a brand new announcement. The first, but first, excuse me. Let's get this okay. So along with being called the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast comes the announcement that guess what? We are going to yearly, that is right, we are going to be a year-round fantasy football podcast. That means you can get us during the offseason. We're going to be discussing what happened, strategies, we're going to be doing mock drafts like crazy, we're going to be going into these rookies, we're going to be talking about Dynasty a little bit, we're going to talking about keepers a little bit, do some best we're, ball drafts, we're going to be doing some best ball drafts, we're going to be doing some... Uh, some Going over who has the potential to break out next season. We're gonna be going over rookies. Some rookies. I already said that. You not pay attention. Some uh, true, some true target value. Some true throw value. What could we expect from players next year? Well, we're gonna be playing something called good twin, bad twin. Where we good one good side of a player, why he could succeed, and a bad side of a player. Uh, we're gonna be arguing a lot. That's what we do best. Um, Shut up, <laughs> asshole. So. We have a lot to come, and we are going yearly, so stick with us. We are going to be, again, going over everything in the offseason. Fantasy football these days is not as easy as it used to be. When I first started playing fantasy football, I was the only one who cared to go into the stats and look into it, and I won leagues very easily. Now the stats are widely available to everyone. Everyone has access, so something has to put you in a different place. Something has to give you an edge. And listening to us all year round will give you that edge. The bottom line is, and not to sound cocky about it, but it's just the facts. We win championships. We dominate fantasy. We would like to help you do the same. Period. Sound a little cocky. I mean, look. It's, facts only. it's only cocky if you're not telling the truth, right? And on top of that, uh, you can go to... Uh, YouTube.com slash Brodo Fantasy, where you could find our first video explaining true target value. Also, we released a podcast this week explaining true target value and true throw value. Um, to just sum it up a little bit, Jason invented a stat that gives value to each target that a player receives so that you know if this person gets six, seven, eight targets, whatever, and his true throw value says that he will be productive with those eight targets, then you start him. So, for example, let's say Josh Gordon gets five targets and Corey Davis gets ten targets, but Tom Brady and his throws are worth so much more than Marcus Mario and his throws. You'd rather start Josh Gordon with the lesser target numbers, which is not what they say in fantasy, right? Yeah. The traditional thinking is whoever has the most opportunity to win, I mean opportunity to produce, that's the guy you start. What we're saying is Whoever has the most opportunity to efficiently produce with the targets he receives is the person that you should be starting. Perfect, Tim. Killed that? Killed it. And if you want if you want more uh, about that stat, obviously go to BrodoFF.com. Uh, we're going to be releasing all of that. Also, we're going to be introducing a lot of new things to the podcast. We're going to be uh, doing video. Uh, we got an Instagram that's coming, that's out right now, at Fantasy. As you know already, if you're following us on Twitter, we tweet every single touchdown. We get back to every single person who asks us for fantasy advice. Uh, we, What else do we do on Twitter? We we give you the break, late, latest breaking news. I'm going to tell you this right now, guys. This might sound a little cocky as well. I get my fantasy news from Brodo. Like, I have the alerts on. And unless either I'm the one updating and getting the news from myself or the twins are updating me before freaking Adam Schefter is updating me. So, uh. Get to us and we will give you what you need to win in your fantasy league. And again, you could get to us at Broto Fantasy on Instagram and Twitter. You could also get at us at Broto Fantasy uh, on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/Broto Fantasy and BrotoFF.com. But enough with the promo. You know, it's
1: Easier if you just say that we're Broto Fantasy Football, right? Like the FF stands for fantasy football. Yes, Broto Fantasy Football. It Brodo not
0: Brodo. FF. Okay, yeah. BrotoFF.com, Which if you type in without any capitals, it looks like uh like a Russian like a Russian like service. Brotoff.com. Bro-toff. Bro-toff. My, Bro-toff. <laughs> My name is Brotoff. Uh well, Brotoffs, it's time to <laughs> go sure off said that. on this uh fantasy tangent. It's championship week, guys, and we're going through a situation this year that I don't think anyone has ever seen before. Um, the amount of absolute beasts that have carried people to the promised land and busted in the playoffs is on another level. So we're going to get to all those players. We're going to talk about them in the game matchups. No Thursday night game this week, which be careful what you wish for, because I always complain about the Thursday night games. And now that there's no Thursday night game, I'm like, what the hell am I going to do on Thursday night? Uh, when, right. Like I am upset that it's not happening. I record VM at Veterans Minimum for anyone who wants to listen to a more general sports conversation, right? And so I do that, and then I go home. I usually cut some video. I watch the game. Now I'm just gonna go home and I'm just gonna like be like no 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 right. Especially anyway. after the Chargers game where they came back against the Chiefs last week and on Thursday night, that was a great game. But that's also one of those games that. You had a bunch of guys you were relying on that busted for you. Uh, Tyreek Kill, Pat Mahomes, uh, some of those guys. So let's get right into it. The first game is actually a Saturday 430 game. There's two Saturday games. So let's get into the first one. The Redskins at the Titans in the battle of two uh, really running-oriented offenses. So this one's going to be an old-school type game. Let's start with the Redskins uh, on this side. So Josh Johnson leads them to victory. Um pretty good he he looked all right uh he didn't do anything fantasy wise uh 151 and a touchdown but adrian his Piotr, rushing numbers are decent
1: yeah yeah so he was nine for 49 this week
0: yeah nine for 49 on the ground so uh let's start a lot of people cam newton is out we're gonna be getting into that a little bit and a lot of people are all of a sudden on their waiver wire looking for a streamer in their championship week for me personally i know that for me I had Cam Newton. I'm in the championship, and I'm looking for a streamer. Is Josh Johnson someone you could possibly comprehend starting? Josh Johnson is our
1: nineteenth uh, quarterback on the week, which uh, as as we will uh, as you'll see once you go to our site, protoff We are ranking through Fantasy Pros, and on Fantasy Pros, you can see our rankings compared to the expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros. And there you could see that we have Josh Johnson ranked 19th, which is eight spots ahead of the other fantasy consensus. But those guys are going to be wrong because <laughs> Josh Johnson has a floor with his legs. Uh, 40 rushing yards is very, very nice to see from a quarterback because that's an extra. That's basically an extra touchdown thrown just from running. Like, call me crazy. Josh Johnson or Marcus Mariota this week? I'd rather play Josh Johnson. I agree. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. I, I don't even know how to respond to that. Like you, Josh Johnson, who, who hasn't been in the league for <laughs> five years, but was the first-round pick of the AAF for any of them? That makes you know, that when difference? it comes
1: to championships, you got to live on the edge. And I know that I'm not saying start Josh Johnson. Yeah, he's right? our, what, 17th, 19th
0: quarterback. So we have
1: Marcus Mariota at 21. So we're not saying start Josh Johnson. We're saying... If you're in a situation where you need to start someone from the waiver wire, and Josh Johnson and Mariota are your options, we prefer Josh Johnson. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Also, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Since we're, t- we're since we're on the topic of rankings, for the position players, you could also now scroll between standard, half PPR, and full PPR.
0: So Boom. no matter what type of scoring you're playing in, we got you covered. Bang. Yeah, we were before. We were only uh, half PPR because that was kind of. I feel like half PPR is the new standard. I feel like that's the most popular way to play. Uh, Should sure be. I also feel like that's the most even way to to balance the um I don't know, analysis. Like for those playing in standard, those playing in PPR, you right in, right cut it right in half and there you go. Um let's talk about the running back for the Redskins, Adrian Peterson. Um he's been up and down to say the least. Uh let's go back to week 11 his fantasy output in half PPR leagues. 17.1, 5.4, 15.8, 2.4 and 8.10. There he's facing Tennessee that has is the number one defense against the running back in fantasy. Is Adrian Peterson someone that you're taking a chance on this week?
1: Adrian Peterson has not scored more than 10 points all season without scoring a touchdown. Mm. Um, with Josh Johnson running a little bit more, he's spreading the ball around. AP's never been one to be involved in the passing game. Uh, the Titans are going to use a lot of clock. They're running the ball a lot, using Derrick Henry more the last two weeks. I don't see the volume being there. I just don't see the score potential be there to trust Adrian Peterson. He's a touchdown dependent flex play and I don't love his touchdown
0: chances. Agreed. He's our running back 37 on the week. Jordan Reed is out again. Um so that leaves you with some pass catching options in Houston, I mean in um Washington that aren't exactly the most eye popping names. Uh Josh Stockton, uh, Jameson Crowder, Chris Thompson. Uh in terms of pass catching can you trust anyone on this team against a Tennessee Titans defense that's been really good um, going into championship week? No,
1: uh, I'm not trusting any of the receivers. If I had to choose one, it would be Jameson Crowder, who is Josh Johnson's favorite target since Josh Johnson has taken over. Crowder has 11 targets last week when four for four, 46 yards and Crowder had a long touchdown the week before that, when Josh Johnson came in in the third quarter for Mark Sanchez. So, It's a low-ceiling, low-floor type of play, but Josh Johnson is going to have to throw to someone. So if I had to choose someone, it would be Crowder, but I'd rather stay as far away as possible from this passing game as I could.
0: Whenever a running back has a big game, there's two things that can happen. Number one, they could go back and regress to the mean, or number two, their coach can be like, wow, we are really sleeping on this dude, and start playing them more. And that's what it seems like with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, in the last two weeks— has been an absolute... 51 touches. An absolute monster. And I think that uh, Derrick Henry is an old-school running back. He's a bruiser, right? And I think that when you have a guy like that, it, it got lost in the angles of time somewhere. That's not the right word. But it got lost in the annals of time. That's the right word, right? That when you have a bruising rusher, you have to continue to hand him the ball, and he will break the defense down and break a long run later in the game. You see that from Derrick Henry. Last game against the Giants, get this, guys, 33 rushing attempts. Attempts. Just upset. 33 rushing attempts for 170 yards. You know Excuse what? me, and two touchdowns on the ground. The week before that, he had 17 rushing attempts for 238 yards and four TDs. They are continuing to feed Derrick Henry the ball, and I think he is a must-start against Washington. Last week, he played 70% of the snaps. His previous high was 52%. He's running
1: like an animal. Washington's allowing over 125 rushing yards per game since Halloween. Derrick Henry's the answer. Yeah, since week nine, the Redskins are going up 28.2 fantasy points per game to the opposing running back position, over five yards per carry. You want to hear something absolutely insane, though, Tim? I do. I told Jason earlier today. I appreciate PFF a lot. I I like what they do, and I tend to agree with them. But their number one overall running back on the season is Derrick Henry. That's just mind-boggling to me.
0: Well, if you think about it, Derrick Henry has been productive with he the had, amount of volume that he's been getting. No, he had multiple games throughout weeks 1 to
1: 12 where he had like 15 carries for 40 yards and no touchdowns.
0: Uh, see, 15 is not enough for a guy like Henry. You need, to, you need to... He had 17 in the game against the Jags. Yeah, but that... But... That a lot of that had to do with the, he only got 17 because he ran a couple of them for like 50 yards. So if Listen, he would have ran more in those, that's that's a game that He's he should have got like
1: 24 carries the last two weeks. But best running back on the season, come on,
0: that's a little strange. That's well, all I'm saying, but yeah, uh,
1: absolutely start Derrick County this week. We We didn't want to buy into it last week, but. When someone has 31 rushes, 33 rushes, 33. And now that he has over 400 yards and six touchdowns in two games, I don't. I'm not saying that he's going to have another 150 yard two touchdown performance because it's tough to do that three weeks in a row. But you can't get a better position than this week against Washington to do it again.
0: Let's talk about the pass-catching options. Corey Davis, the reason why Jason invented his stat. Again, if you want to go and uh, hear more about the stat that we're going to reference really a lot from here on out, uh, true target value and true throw value, uh, and a stat that Jason invented, uh, a stat that he has taught me, and Michael, and well-versed us in. So we are, uh, are going to use it. And so Jason has been using it, and he's been using it very effectively. In fact, he used it against me last week in a— Freaking matchup where my team was in first place. I scored 300 points more than everyone else in the league. To me, kind of like you, Michael. You want to talk about bad beats? Look, the exact same. The, we were in the exact same scenario, though. Except my team was one of the best teams ever assembled. Mine too. My team is better. I, I bet you I scored more points than you.
1: <laughs> I bet you I didn't. You didn't. I mean,
0: well, we'll find out soon. But anyway, Jason had no business beating me. He that's what you said. Was starting guys like Kenny Sills and Robbie Anderson, Sean Hamilton. But the way that he did beat me was by using true target value and true throw value. So in that situation, Jason, Corey Davis. Now Marcus Mariota has not been throwing since the Derrick Henry experience has uh, taken over. Um what do you how do you feel about Corey Davis and Tywon Taylor the pass catching options?
1: That is correct. Marcus Mariota has zero touchdowns the last two games. And overall on the season, Mariota is the 22nd Quarterback in true throw value. Uh, so you're going to need to see a lot of targets from Marcus Mariota to make something out of it. And if you look at the last four weeks, their true target value, uh, Corey Davis and Tywan Taylor are pretty low on the list, both outside of wide receiver three territory. Tywan Taylor is actually ahead of Corey Davis. He's been seeing better targets and more targets than Corey Davis recently. uh Corey Davis hasn't passed 50 yards and uh, has passed 50 yards one time in the last five games. There's really nothing uh, that he could do with Derrick Henry playing the way he has. And with us expecting him to see the same amount of touches, I don't see how you can play Corey Davis or Tywan Taylor. My yeah, name. man. Corey Davis, he had this streak where—not streak per se, but three out of four games that were solid games. Two of them were huge games. And people—a lot of people, like in our Brodo League, we have a Brodo chat, the guy who owns Corey Davis because he knows me, Jason stand And we're like, yeah, Corey Davis— And then he went on to lose to Jason in the playoffs, partly because Corey Davis scored him three and a half points. (laughs) So I mean, right when you think it's gonna get better, it doesn't. So I mean, Corey Davis is our wide receiver. Where's he at? Um, Guys, say something for a second. Where whatever the number is, it's higher than where I had him. He's our wide receiver, thirty-three. Michael bumped that up. Uh, Just because when he got that low, I figured you might as well take a shot. Wide receiver threes are disgusting. Even twos. But even so, we have him at 33. Like I was just saying, you could compare it to the expert consensus ranking. That's 12 spots lower than the consensus for the other experts. So it's considerably lower. But, yeah, I wouldn't want to trust Corey Davis in the championship game this week. I'd just rather take a shot on him than guys like Cortland Sutton and uh, Jordy Nelson, Antonio Callaway, guys like that. Any Deion Lewis love? You know, he's actually not seeing too little work recently. Like, he's seeing his normal amount of work. It's just that Derrick Henry's seeing a shitload, so he's getting overshadowed. Either way, Deion Lewis isn't necessarily someone you want to trust. It's also not a good game-stripped game for him. He's also not going to get the goal-line touches or anything of that sort. It's all going to be Derrick Henry, so you can pass on Deion Lewis.
0: Goose Dog Edwards and the the Ravens uh, take on the Chargers on the road. Uh, We call him Goose Dog because I... All right, so me and the twins and Johnny, our brother, we like to just tell each other strange facts that are completely and utterly useless and wrong and just see if the other person believes them. And then we just relentlessly make fun of them if they believe us. Uh, so one of the things I said was, uh, you know, that Gus Edwards' real name is Gustav Edwards. And Michael's like, what are you talking about? His name's not Goose Dog. And I'm like, what are you talking about?
1: No, 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 no. you're you're saying it wrong. You said Gustav, right? Gustav. You said, oh, his name is Gustav. And I was like, what? Johnny tried saving you because Gustav was so bad. He said, yeah, he's, his name's Goose Dog.
0: (laughs) I was like, you both just said two different names. (laughs) So now we call him Goose Dog. And Goose Dog Edwards is receiving a shit ton of, uh, volume. He continues to see a shit ton of volume. Uh, last week he got 19 attempts for 104 yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, the, the Chargers have been susceptible to the run, but they've been good, not great. Um, Gustav Edwards, how do you feel? So, Gustav,
1: he had a—it seemed like the first half he was going to have a slow game again, and the second half they started handing him the ball, the running game took over, and he took reins of the backfield again, took over from Kenneth Dixon when it seemed like I was—turned out I was not right about Kenneth Dixon last week, but it happens to the best of us. But yeah, Goose Edwards, Goose Edwards, (laughs) Gus Edwards, fucking Goose Dog. Going against the Chargers, like you said, the Chargers aren't great to get on the ground, but they're also not bad. And Gus Edwards needs the Ravens to either have the lead or be tied to be on the field, really. Once they start getting down, that's when they start using guys like Kenneth Dixon or Buck Allen. So I, I don't love this game for Gus Edwards, but just his touchdown potential alone, plus with the fact that he's basically guaranteed, even if the game gets a little out of hand, 15 rushes. Just because that's how the
0: Ravens run their offense now they're the most run heavy team in the league, he's a solid r b two speaking of run heavy Lamar Jackson got eighteen carries of the of the ravens forty one carries last week as opposed to twenty three runs so they are clearly a run first team and Lamar jackson the first um rookie to have this much of a prolific running uh running acumen. If, that is, if that's if the right word. Uh, in his first four games as a rookie, 18 carries for 95 yards for Lamar Jackson. He also had 131 yards and a TD in the air. Uh, if you are starting this week, are you confident in starting Lamar Jackson against his Chargers team?
1: You're confident if you want a safe floor. He's been the quarterback 15 or better every single week since he's been the starter. Uh, he doesn't have the upside that you'd like. And I see some stuff uh, around the industry of fantasy, where people are saying that he's going to have to throw more against the Chargers. And my uh, caveat to that is, does having to drop back more really hurt Lamar Jackson? Because if you look at his yards per carry, they're better when he scrambles as opposed to a uh, drawn-up run, like a drawn-up run play that he runs a lot of. So if he has to drop back more, that means there's going to be more impromptu running, more successful running for Lamar Jackson, so I'm not shying away from this matchup just because it's a little tough. If you need someone who you know is going to put up back-end QB1 numbers, Lamar Jackson's your guy. So on the other hand, uh, Jason had him ranked 11th. I had him at 15th, which is why he's 13th in our consensus rankings. I don't like him as much because he ran for 95 yards last week and only ended with 16.5 points. So, you say that every week. And every week, it's right because the week before that, he had 18.5 and 16.5 and the week before that. Okay. He's had one game over 20. Against the Chargers, if you're cool with that, he's your guy. This is the toughest matchup by far. He's won against Cincy, Oakland, Atlanta, and KC and Tampa Bay. That's cakewalk matchups. This is is. by far his toughest matchup. I'm not trusting Lamar Jackson in the championship game in the toughest matchup of his young career. It's
0: interesting because there's some people that probably have to go with Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to ask you a couple streaming options. Would you rather have Lamar Jackson or Case Keenum at Oakland? Lamar, you never start Keenum. So would you? Would you rather have Keenum or Sam Darnold? Keenum or Sam Darnold? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Jackson or Sam Darnold? Jackson. Jackson. Uh, would you rather have Jackson or uh, Josh Johnson? Jackson. Jackson.
1: The answer is going to be Jackson. Yeah, so the if answer is going to be him Jackson him. here. And asking, especially if like,
0: a guy like Cam is out, like he's probably your best streaming option. And if he's on your bench and you had you had a guy like Cam, I don't see how you have a chance to not start him.
1: I mean, but my favorite guy that might be available in leagues is Josh Allen.
0: On the... Uh, Lamar Jackson, tonight. Baker Mayfield, we have just ahead.
1: Baker well. Mayfield, yeah.
0: On the other side of the coin, the addition of Lamar Jackson has been good for Gus Edwards. It's been good for Ken Dixon. Uh, it has not been good for the pass catchers. Yep. Is there a pass catcher that you could possibly come close to trusting? Listen, so,
1: Lamar Jackson passed for 131 yards last week. He throws to like seven different tight ends. It seems because they just run out of different tight ends every time. Mm-hmm. Sneed catches some short passes. He'll take one deep shot a game to John Brown. Crabtree will get two red zone targets I go incomplete because Crabtree isn't very good anymore. There's no way I'm trusting any of the receivers on that team.
0: For me, I started Willie Sneed and he got me a good game last week. I think Willie Sneed's really the only option.
1: But now he's going against Desmond he's King. He's a who's full best, PPR play. He's the best slot corner in the league.
0: Yeah, he's a full PPR play that you don't really want to start. Mm. All right. Uh, any other people that you guys want to talk about on the Ravens? No. All right, let's go over to the Chargers. Uh... So Keenan Allen might miss the game again, which means Mike Williams and Terrell Williams are going to be getting targets, but they're going to be getting targets because it's one of the best defenses against the pass in the league. Now the Chargers are flying high. This team is feeling themselves. Phillip Rivers would be an MVP candidate any other year that Pat Mahomes and Drew Brees were not becoming the best players in the, this side of the Mississippi. Um, let's talk about Phil Rivers uh, against this good defense. It He seems like one of those guys that you have to start no matter what the matchup is.
1: Uh, well, his volume isn't always there. So he's been very efficient this season. He's second in the league in true throw value. So when he's throwing the ball, you're expecting good things to happen. You're expecting fantasy points to come out of it. He just hasn't been throwing that much. And I think that in a game like this with Melvin Gordon coming back, Melvin Gordon's lowest output this season when healthy is 15.4 half PPR points. And that's like a lot lower than his next closest score. So when you're facing a team like the Ravens where they're going to control the clock, there's not going to be a lot of opportunity. Phillip Rivers... It's going to be efficient with his passes, making his weapons good plays. I don't think he's the best play.
0: Again, brotofantasy.com if you want to go to the True Throw Values. F.com. Right. Sorry. BrodoFF.com. Actually, brotofantasy.com you can go to. It's just going to redirect you to BrodoFF after you see like an under construction thing. Uh, mm-hmm. We are currently in the process of transferring brotofantasy.com the domain. So BrodoFF.com and brotofantasy.com will both take you right there. Um Again, just a reminder, uh, new logo. We forgot to mention the new logo. Cool logo that we worked very hard on. Again, Jason worked very hard on this. Um, Jason's been doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Uh, so, yeah, go check it out. Go say things. I don't remember exactly what the go point of things any things of these things were. Philip Rivers. Like, uh, like say things apparently. like tell us about it. Oh, so, right, Philip Rivers. So, Michael, I got a question for you, though. Hit me, kid. Let's say Keenan Allen doesn't play. Does Mike Williams have that same kind of game that he had last game, or are you leaning more Terrell Williams? Which uh, someone on this podcast said that Mike Williams was going to score ten touchdowns this year, and um, he did. He died. He, does. <laughs> he, <laughs> he did. did. He did. So, Ooh, who said that? Do Keenan, you guys remember? Um, the handsome one. I'm um, Timmy.
1: I said one thing right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, was a, that was a good voice. Keenan Allen.
1: He's suppo- is expected to play. <laughs> he uh he practiced today, so it'll it'll be a bit of a stretch for him not to play. But if he doesn't, everyone thinks Mike Williams stepped up as the main target because of the monster game he had. But it was actually Tyrell Williams, who just like in Allen's absence a couple of years ago became the number one target. He was the number one target again. He saw twelve targets on the day, converted it to six for seventy one. And meanwhile, Mike Williams. So nine targets, seven for seventy-two, and two touchdowns. He just happened to get the red zone targets, which is why he both of his touchdowns were actually on the same exact play. He just flipped. So, it uh, it was great for Mike Williams. Whoever started him last week had the cojones to start him, but for this week, I still give the slight edge to Mike Williams just because of the touchdown prowess. Like you said, he has ten touchdowns on the season. But I'd I'd play both of them as wide receiver. Mike Williams, low end wide receiver. Two Terrell Williams. More of a wide receiver three if Allen is out. If Allen is in, Tyrell Williams is more of a desperation flex play, hoping for a long ball. And I still like Mike Williams as a wide
0: receiver three for a touchdown potential. I love. I am in love with Terrell the Gazelle. I know that you haven't said that. I really think that there's three number one receivers on this team. You and hated Terrell the Gazelle earlier. I didn't year. hate him. I just <laughs> I thought Mike Williams was better. I still think Mike Williams is better, but I I don't think it's by that much. And I think that. Terrell Williams will find the place. We're hoping it's with the Jets, yeah. but we'll like find it. the place next year to make his skills and his talent more recognized. This guy is a burner. He's tall. He can catch. He's athletic. Imagine him and Robbie
1: Anderson on each side. Get that guy the blow and Some rookie in the slot. What's it called? I was actually I was reading a, an article from The Athletic today about the Jets' Possibly going to trade for AJ Green since he's on
0: his last year of the contract, which Whoa. would be insane. That would be crazy. <laughs> um, Jason just got a huge smile on his face. Uh, Antonio Gates or any other charges you'd like to talk about? No, no, nah, you can't start Gates at this uh, point. Obviously, we we didn't really touch on Melvin Gordon, but Melvin Gordon is a guy you could do. What's the injury update on Austin Eckler? He's, he's not, not expected play. to play. Not expected to play. So you're not you're not playing Josh Jackson, although you're happy with the production you got if you did start him last week. Justin uh, Jackson.
1: Josh Jackson is the Suns rookie.
0: <laughs> so you're definitely player, definitely not playing Josh Jackson unless you're playing, uh, f- uh fantasy basketball. Uh, Move on to we bas- talk about bas- basketball, basketball. Basketball? What's basketball? All right. Uh, <laughs> so that is our second game. Let's go to Brought our third. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to our third game. Um, if I could ever get there, I'm gonna jump into the third game because I have a super cool stat about it. Hey, stop trying to take my job. Bucks at Cowboys. But I have a cool stat. So say your cool stat I mean, now. He has a cool stat. You you're just today's your just day of cool stats. No, huh? actually I gotta give credit Jason, to this one.
1: Uh, all right, I, fine. So you didn't I, I didn't, want people to give me credit for my stats, so I gotta give so credit for the So you didn't invent stats. this one. So I you're have, actually like, you're doing a stat that know. you didn't actually invent. This oh is my goodness. I want people to give credit as often as we do. I hope so. Because we give it's credit all the time. It's it's terrible when people try to pull things off as their own.
0: I mean, I went to journalism school uh for those who don't know uh also during the off season, we're gonna have a meet the guys podcast so we're looking forward to that we're just not gonna talk any fantasy. we're just gonna talk about us and how we got into this and what our lives are like outside of this and hopefully you guys you know fuck with us uh beyond just fantasy and probably yeah, get some guests on the show again? like
1: we did this most recent off-season. Oh, yeah, for sure. it's
0: gonna be a great offseason, guys stick with us brodoff.com again brodo fantasy football is the new name uh, changing from Broto Fantasy. For those of you who have been with us since we were the Broto Fantasy Forum, shout out, this is our third Day rebranding, but this is the one Final we think one. is going to stick. Yeah. Uh, bro- as Not like the
1: pendants on the not wall. The whole, that's <laughs> a good one.
0: You know what's funny? Uh, if you go to broto.com, I mean, youtube.com slash Broto Fantasy. Broto Fantasy, you're going to see that we recorded a video to explain true uh, throw value and true uh, target value. And we set up the entire studio, and we have some pendants behind us, every single team in the NFL. But uh, this tape is not sticking. And as we're talking, all the pendants are falling one by one. It's 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 so funny. It's pretty all cool. right, I'm gonna get into the game. Rich, let's get into the game, so Rich. Again, again just, the just I'm giving credit. To before you. we get into it, just let's remind the people: Bucks at Cowboys. Bucks at Cowboys.
1: Ezekiel Elliott is gonna rule the world this week. Essentially, uh, is yes. what I'm gonna say. Yep. The Bucks' 60% of their rushing yards allowed this season have been on rushes of 10-plus yards.
0: Ezekiel Elliott leads the league in 10-plus yard rushes. This is either going to be... Ezekiel Elliott is going to be the number one running back on the week. Where do you guys have him? I, number one. I right? don't I do not do rankings, guys. Um, yeah, I just don't do rankings. I'm, I'm the host. Twins do rankings. Zeke um, so is our consensus but, number one. Yeah, but if I was ranking, I would Easy. rank him number one. But sometimes when the, all the stars align... Sometimes it's just it's either going to be the best game ever or a complete dud. Uh, what are the odds of dudding? Would you say they Michael? need to win. They're at home where the Tampa Bay defense is much worse. The, the Tampa
1: Bay's on the road. They're they're going to Jerry World. And uh, the Cowboys are a home favorite which is historically great for the home running back fantasy wise. So I just I don't see how it's not 25 points for Zeke.
0: And they need need to bounce back. Um, So, yeah, I love Zeke. How about Amari Newper looked a lot like Amari Cooper last week, going back to his old Oakland days, where Michael and Jason love to tell you the same exact thing every time. Michael, go ahead. I know what you're going to say. Say it. He has to perform against a good quarterback every now and then. Yep. He he fails to perform against a good cornerback. Yeah, he's going to start having to do it. So, this week he does not get anything close to what resembles a a good cornerback. Start Amari Cooper. Yeah, and shout-out to Evan Silva for this one. Just throwing credit
1: out of the world everywhere. Uh, When the Buccaneers fired uh, their cutter, they changed their defense from a zone defense scheme to a man defensive scheme, and Dak Prescott has had a much better time passing against man defense and zone defense. He struggled last week against the Colts, who were on a predominantly zone scheme. This week he gets man, and I expect him to have a nice connection with Amari Cooper. Also, if you look at their home road splits, uh, this is why we like um, Dak Prescott a bit this week as well. Him and Amari Cooper have been one in the same recently. When Amari Cooper thrives, Dak Prescott thrives, or it could be the other way around. But either way, when they're home is when you want to use them, and they are home this week. So there you go.
0: I mean, really, that's all there is to it. Uh, Just for the record, Dirk Carter was not fired. Their defensive coordinator was fired. I said Dirk Cutter? Yeah. My bad. So Dirk Cutter was not fired. That's the head coach. Their defensive coordinator was fired. All right. So any other pass-catching options for the boys that you're looking at? Tavon Austin has been more involved, but he hasn't been getting the – Please move on. He hasn't been getting the volume. (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to move on from Tavon Austin. What are you doing? Um, Blake Jarwin is a little interesting.
1: Yeah, because it's Uh, it's bad at tight end, man. Because when you look at tight end, you have to try to find steals. And Blake Jarwin is seven, is the 17th tight end in true target value for tight ends over the last four weeks. So he's creeping into the tight end one range. And when you look at Tampa Bay's porous defense and Dak Prescott's play at home recently, Jarwin becomes a legitimate play.
0: So where do you have him ranked this week in your tight end rankings?
1: Michael, uh, 14th, I believe.
0: So you guys are high on him. You guys think he, he has tight end one potential. 15th. He could get there. So he's how? What'd you say his true target value was? He was ranked what? Seventeenth. Seventeenth. Now the last two games, seven targets, seven targets. Uh, he's totaled eleven catches with those fourteen targets, and he's put up nine point one and six point five. Six point five. This this, at this point, is wide receiver one number. So tight end one. Tight end one. Excuse me. So, um, look out. Look out for it. So that is uh, Dak Prescott. How could we forget about Dak Prescott? Oh, Dak. About it a little bit. Yeah, gotta start Dak. No, he we like
1: him a lot this week. He is my consensus our quarterback four. He was my quarterback two. Whoa, on the week. So quarterback you are three. Really actually. high on him. Yeah, like I said, he's at home playing against a man defense in which he's excelled, and he has gone back and forth with great games and bad games. It happened again. I expect him to have a great game this week.
0: All right, so let's get into the team on the other side, the Buccaneers. Um, I don't want to gloat, but I tried to tell you guys that Jamie Winston sucks. I tried to tell you. And then you guys came at me with, Dude, he but was, he got hurt. But he got replaced as if a quarterback getting benched is supposed to. He's been a quarterback one every week, besides when he faces the Ravens. Chill. He has not been a quarterback one every week, essentially every week, except the weeks where he gets benched and the weeks where he sucks, which
1: has been more than the weeks he's produced. I mean, you're get, we're gonna agree with you this week. Jameis Winston is not in our top twelve plays. Uh, the Cowboys' defense has been very good recently, and Jameis Winston obviously has not been so. Uh, his, true, his true throw values have been dropping every single week. If you look at his last four weeks, he is not a legitimate option. So I'm not using James Winston this week. And they just kept getting into the Ravens' territory and not converting. It was it was nuts.
0: Again, for true throw values and true uh, target values, please go to BrotoFF.com. BrotoFF.com. My name is Fratamir. So we are going <laughs> <laughs> to... Uh, bro- BrotoFantasyFootball.com is what it's short for. Um... Let's go over to the other side. By the way, we forgot to mention the Cowboys defense. Cowboys defense, if you have them, you're starting them. They're a great play this week. Um, Are there any pass catchers on the Buccaneers that you're looking for? For me personally, I want to give a huge shout-out to Chris Godwin, who completely ruined my life last week. At 12.53, I switched out Doug Baldwin for Chris Godwin. For those of you who don't know, Doug Baldwin, 21 points. Chris Godwin, a big, fat donut, and I lost by 15 points to Nick fucking Lamb the worst person to lose to in the history of life dude we
1: the santa garita studios league is a 10 team league Nick's team is so bad it's trash team league it's trash and it's in the championship and i, mean, I lost to that's it that's how that's how these players have gone though my 12 and 1 team lost last week my second overall seed team lost my 6 and 7 team that just snuck into the playoffs by points The last week
0: is in the championship against Jason with his makeshift team of Deshaun Hamilton and Kenny Stills. Same. I had four teams all playing in the semifinals to go to a championship. My three best teams lost. My one worst team that I have. Crazy. Advanced. Yeah. And that's how it's been. A lot of upsets. If you go on Twitter, you see a lot of people complaining about fantasy. You see a lot of people saying, what the hell's going on? And that's why it's important to listen to us because a lot of those, some of those busts that we called. So besides Chris Godwin, well, including Chris Godwin. Mike Evans, uh, Adam Humphreys, pass catchers. Mike Evans has thirteen hundred
1: twenty-eight yards this season, and it seems like he's disappointing. He's sneakily just it's killing crazy. it under the radar. So it's a tough matchup, but every time you look up, he's scoring fantasy points. So you really can't complain. He's just—he's Julio Jones minus one hundred fifty yards, six touchdowns, thirteen hundred fifty yards. Julio Jones at fifteen hundred eleven yards, I think. It's crazy. And and there. And no one wants to talk about yeah. it. Adam Humphreys, I also think, is a good play. I'm going to keep riding the train. Uh, he has the second highest target value of all the options behind Mike Evans. Uh, well, Deshaun Jackson's a bit up there in the last four weeks, but that's because he only has one game to show for it where he had a good game. Uh, decided to keep him in there. But Humphreys has been solid in the slot. That's where James Winston likes to throw the ball. I'm cool with using Humphreys this week. Godwin, I'm backing off a little bit, so especially that, if Jackson's back.
0: Someone that we haven't. Like, we kind of written off, and now he's actually a pretty good play. Uh, Peyton Barber, three of the last five weeks. he's finding the end zone every week. Right. Three of the last five weeks, he scored double digits. Uh, he's gotten the volume that you like to see. 14 rushing attempts, two targets two weeks ago. 19 rushing attempts, two targets last week. Three weeks ago, 18 rushing attempts, two targets. Uh, another The game right before that, 16 rushing. Rushing attempts, one target. This is high volume, and you want those guys with high volume, especially when someone's been doing good with him. And Marlon Mack just torched the
1: Cowboys on the ground as well. So, but with that being said, I don't expect the, the Buccaneers to be leading in this game, or I mean, I expect them to be trailing for the most part, especially with the way the Cowboys played last week, which has not bode well for Barber. But I still think he's a solid flex play. Cameron Bray, TD dependent.
0: TD one, tight end one. Yep. Last week he didn't score a tight end. I mean a touchdown, and it was awful. So it's championship week, and as you know, we record on Wednesday nights. But this week, uh, it's too important for you guys to not have us in your ear right up until game time. So we are going to be having a live stream. We're going to be uh, joining our Santa Gato Studios Compadres, uh, Degeneration Bets, Nick the Lamb, and Impy, You already know is going to be joining us, and it's going to be us three guys right here and them. We're going to be going over every single game, every single player. We're going to be doing so. We're going to start around 10.30, 10 o'clock. We haven't really got a time down, but we will be tweeting it at Brodo Fantasy. Eastern time. Eastern time, excuse me, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. Uh, Follow that. Set your alerts to get our stuff. Again, uh, we are having a live stream with Nick and Impey this week, so check that ish. Out. Let's move on to the next game, and this one is a lot more of a fantasy viable game. The Vikings at the Lions. and eh, maybe not. not really. um, the Vikings offense, new offensive coordinator, John DiFilippo, is fired because he did not run a lot. So what happens? The Vikings go to a run first offense last week to the tune of, quick math, Michael, 19 plus 15 is? 34. Plus one. 35. <laughs> 35. Plus, well, if you count Kirk Cousins' five rushing attempts, does that count?
1: Eh, not really. Forty
0: rushing attempts if you count the quarterback. That is forty rushing attempts compared to twenty-one passing attempts. This team obviously knew what they wanted to do against the Dolphins and they succeeded. Dalvin Cook. For those of you who had Dalvin Cook, you're probably not in a position to use him. Nick was one of those freaking people who had Dalvin Cook um, at this point. So if you have Dalvin Cook and you're in a championship, congratulations. You got a running back one because this guy is going to be uh, phenomenal, and I think that he continues that phenomenal run this week. Michael, what do you think? So
1: Dalvin Cook, it was all about uh, getting the touches for me. Uh, I didn't really like Dalvin Cook the last few weeks because he wasn't getting the touches. He was just getting the last-minute touchdown that saved his game, and then last week he finally did. He got 20 rushes. He absolutely killed it. But Latavius Murray also had 15 carries himself. So I mean he's still pretty much split work with Dalvin Cook and last week was a perfect storm for Dalvin Cook because they took a quick lead against Miami and they were able to keep the lead the whole game so they were able to hand it off repeatedly. And Miami has one of the worst run defenses in the league. So I don't think it's necessarily they're just turning into this huge running team. I just think it was a perfect storm for him and I I could see the Vikings needing to uh needing to pass again in this week against Detroit. Snacks Harrison is a solid run stopper. He automatically made Detroit a solid run stopping team, but their Detroit is just so bad overall that Dalvin Cook is probably going to be in line for a lot of touches. So even though I don't think the last week is something to that's He's also very keep active
0: in the passing game.
1: This week is still a good game for him.
0: Jason, speaking about um Dalvin Cook let's not talk about him anymore let's go over to Adam Thielen now Adam Thielen is one of those guys we talked about that if you had him on your squad he you could count on him for 15 20 points a week in the championship and half PPR he's put up 10.3 um only got seven targets which is low for him and two straight games with seven targets last game two receptions for 19 yards he is at Detroit who's right in the middle of the league in terms of points given up to wide receivers so Jason uh, Adam Thielen, how are you feeling about him if you're a fantasy owner? Is he someone that you can consider even benching, or you just got to ride the wave?
1: No, I mean, you're going to start him, but to, I think I mentioned this to Michael. I don't know. I don't have any proof of this, but while I was working on the true throw and target values behind the scenes, Adam Thielen was someone I saw as a regression candidate because Kirk Cousins' uh, true throw value is somewhere in the 15 range. He hasn't been a QB one in that term. So the volume that Adam Thielen was seeing was unsustainable and unless he was able to continue seeing that volume, which he hasn't. His numbers were going to drop, and that's exactly what's been happening. Over the last four weeks, his true target value is, makes him the 26th receiver. So he's still a wide receiver to play. He's still someone that you want to throw out there. Even if he's your wide receiver one, you're going to put him out there. He's just been too good. The lines are a defense that you want to pass against to succeed against. But uh, I don't love the game for Kirk Cousins. I'd rather go with someone else there. Uh, Stefan Diggs actually has been the better player. What worries about, worry me about Adam Thielen, he only ran a third of his routes from the slot last week. And if that's going to be the case, you have to be worried because Stephon Diggs is Kirk Cousins' number one option on the boundary. So if Adam Thielen is going on the boundary too, becoming the second option now where him in the slot used to be Kirk Cousins' first option, that's an issue. Cousins also only threw 21 times last week, which... Is another reason why for the low targets. But since week eleven, Diggs is sixth in the league with forty seven targets and Thielen is seventeenth with thirty seven.
0: So. I think I think that goes back to what Jason says. Like if you're on the outside all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're the number two target rather than the number one slot option. Um again, if you want to see true target value and true throw value, head over to brodoff.com. Um anyone else you like to talk about in this game, maybe Kyle Rudolph? The is red it? zone reindeer is not gonna have a happy Christmas. Yeah, it's it's quiet for Kyle Rudolph. Uh, let's go over to the Lions. Matt Stafford has become someone that you can't possibly start, and you definitely don't want to start him against a team like the Vikings. So let's go over to someone that you could start. Um, guys, Zach Zenner, though? No. Guys, no. Zach Zenner, 10 oh. carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown. That's efficient. I don't hate it.
1: I don't love it. I don't hate the Vikings I don't love run it. defense is very good, which is why I don't love it. I don't hate it because 10 rushes is 10 rushes, but... If you're starting Zach Zenner, I highly doubt you're in the playoffs. I mean, in the championship game. Like, I know we were saying guys like Deshaun Hamilton and
0: people like him, but Zach Zenner, I mean, come on. I mean, there's also injuries that you got to account for. Todd Gurley might not play this week. Um, True. James Conner's not going to play this week. Oh, well, you don't know that yet. it doesn't look like it for the way he's talking in his body language. Yeah. Um, Spencer Ware might not play, although he's on the docket to play. There's a lot of injuries that, that, that are happening in terms of, like, you know, if you're playing with a Superflex and Cam is out, you you gotta you gotta put some things on there. Um. Honestly, is there anyone? Kenny Galladay had seven receptions for 146 yards after busting a few times. Uh, is Kenny Galladay a guy you can now trust and start against a very very good um, Vikings defense? A, a lot of people are sleeping on the Vikings defense because of the beginning of the year, but ever since they got Everson Griffin back, they're really the same Vikings defense they were last year.
1: Galladay is someone that. You're starting because of volume, and this is why I – not to keep repeating it, but this is why I created the true target value uh, statistic. Kenny Galladay over the last four weeks comes in as the 36th wide receiver. So that kind of aligns with the way he's been playing. Matt Stafford's targets have not been that valuable this season. He hasn't been a great quarterback. So even though he's seeing these targets, they're not necessarily making him anything more than a wide receiver three. With that being said, he has been on that wide receiver three cusp, and with the volume that he's seeing – We ended up having Kenny Galladay ranked as wide receiver, too, just because the wide receivers are just disgusting in the league right now. We still have him lower than the overall expert consensus by three spots on Fantasy Pros. Uh, I think I have him even lower in my personal rankings. This is the consensus we're looking at. I don't love Galladay in this matchup. So, what I liked about Galladay last week is that, one, he beat Tredavis White a couple of times. Two... They moved him around the formation, so he came out of the slot last week, which is a big reason why he was able to go seven catches for over 140 yards, which was not something we saw in the past. So I like Kenny Galladay's wide receiver, too, this week because I think he'll be moved around again to stay away from Xavier Rhodes just like he was last week to move away from Tredavious White. Okay, that's a good point.
0: Uh, any other options here? Theoretic, maybe. Kerryon hey. Johnson's out. Kerryon Johnson's out. Anyone else? Nay. Kerryon Johnson on IR. He's one guy that... I'm kind of glad he got an hour so he could still be like a fifth round sleeper next year. You think he'll he'll be available in the fifth round next year? No, right? I think so. All I know is that me and Jason I'll said to back not back draft
1: back. Carry on Johnson where he was going. Called him a league loser. He essentially was. He, had I, I mean, I called Ronald Jones a league loser for years. Well, he's a rookie. So I know, <laughs> but I did it for literally for years. That's how often I
0: said it. Falcons at the Panthers. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about the Falcons first. I want to get to Cam Newton, but we we will wait. We'd like to talk about the away team first. Tim, discipline. Uh, <laughs> Falcons, uh, let's start with them. Hey, Matt Ryan sucks, guys. Eh? 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 No. Eh? Eh? Dude, eh? Matt
1: Ryan. Look, listen, listen. Man, no. no, no. Now Sh- I'm pissed at shut you, Shut your chain. face, grandma. No, I'm fucking pissed listen, because you, after all these times I'm sticking by Matt Ryan, you you keep shitting on me, sticking by Matt Ryan, you finally make me go to the dark side and say, don't start Matt Ryan. He puts up 25 points.
0: But poorly. Yeah. He's like Blake Bortles of three years ago, where he's such a bad real life quarterback, but he's producing in fantasy. Either garbage Come time on. or yak. Such a bad real everything. life. You just compared Matt Ryan to Blake Bortles.
1: Listen, I'm we're not literally talking at all. about a top three overall. QG we have, have him, him at guys. nine consensus. He has thirty touchdowns, because six of interceptions on the season. I know he's been good with quotes. He's, he's been, been good to to good. noobs. To noobs, he's been good. If you want to start Matt Ryan your championship weekend. Against Carolina, absolutely go for it. Not me. He's my wide receiver. He's my QB four on the week.
0: That's why he's so high in our damn rankings. Yep. I th- I think that Matt Ryan actually has a chance to succeed in this game.
1: Thank you. I F- I
0: don't love it. I mean, uh, who are they? They're not gonna. They're not gonna run with Tevin Coleman. They're not gonna run with Edel Smith at that kind of volume. They're gonna throw the ball a lot, and I think that he is. He is one of those guys that just keeps on throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing and. Throwing and I bet if we see the throw value of his, he's he's kind of in the middle of the league where he de- he deserves to be, but if he keeps throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing those those are gonna add up. Last four weeks he's the fourth fourteenth in true throw value. So right in the middle, yeah. Just you know that's who Matt Ryan is. He's a right in the middle quarterback that has the best offensive lines in the league and the best weapons in the league. Speaking of best weapons, Julio Jones is a touchdown machine. All of a sudden, yep. um, I mean, to the mean. This is the time that we remind you that ESPN last year set to sit hu- to fade Julio Jones because he was facing James Bradbury. against Carolina this week. And he's going against James Perfect. Bradbury. Perfect. So are you sitting Julio Jones like ESPN recommended? If he Never. plays, no, it's actually a chance he misses the They're game. Actually, yes, there's a chance he misses the game. So let's. he's a strong so wide receiver one. Obviously, he's going he's to be a wide receiver one. So let's get let's get a little trickery and let's say he misses it. Who would you rather start? Ridley. Muhammad Sanu. It's Ridley. Ridley. Yeah, it's Ridley. If Julio's out, it's Ridley.
1: Ridley's going to step into Julio's role. Ridley's, Ridley's a big so. play receiver.
0: I think Austin Hooper is also someone that you have to play if Julio's out.
1: I like Hooper more as well. He's already a low-end tight end one option every week. It's basically been the same exact thing every week. You Julio Jones is a high-end wide receiver one. Calvin Ridley is a very risky wide receiver three flex play. Muhammad Sanu is a high floor flex play. And Austin Hooper is a risky low-end tight end one. The difference... Uh, Coleman and Ito were vulturing each other. Ito went down with an injury last week. He's on IR. So Tevin Coleman becomes a decent volume-based play, especially if, with Tyler Haneke leading the charge for the Panthers. Uh, Coleman could see a lot of volume.
0: All right, guys. It's true. This is the part where the Twins are going to kill me. Oh, no. What's coming? Cam Newton's injured. Out for the season on IR. Don't tell me... Wait, Just, 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 Don't say you're gonna just start let me Tyler say... Haneke. Just let me say... Let me say... They're phasing Atlanta. Correct, and they has given up the second most points to fantasy quarterbacks. Oh no! No, the way that j- just let me finish. The way that Don't the Carolina, <laughs> the, <way that> the <laughs> Carolina Panthers offense runs, is with yak, yak, is with short throws to guys like Christian McCaffrey, right? Henneke is a athletic guy. At the combine, he dra- he uh, tested out as one of the top athletes in the draft. Now, he's a little small. He's like 6'1". Is it crazy that I'm considering starting him in my championship game? Yes. You're kidding? I'm not kidding. Because, look, we have a very thin waiver wire. My other QB options are Nick Foles. Nick uh, Foles. Nick Foles against Houston. Derek Carr against Denver. Darnold against Green Bay. Who's your quarterback? Tannehill versus Jacksonville. Right now, I am starting Case Keenum. I had I had Cam Newton. I'm starting Case Keenum, and I have. I play Nick Foles. I have Hineke on my on my against Houston. Yes. Did you know that Nick Foles, despite his good game last week, had ten fantasy points? Did you know that Houston,
1: despite their great defense, has been getting torched by wide receivers?
0: Uh, last time I checked, he wasn't a wide receiver. He's a quarterback who throws to wide receivers. Ergo, I don't know. I think I think there's a chance that I might actually start him and go for the biggest glory play in the history of life. Tim, you're you're wasting our time. I don't know. Uh anyway, um what does this mean for the for the wide receivers there too? This the, this downgrades it's
1: more of the same in a bad way. Cam Newton's twenty sixth in true passing uh true throw value in the last four weeks.
0: Yeah, which by the way, like you could tell that dude's injured.
1: You can tell he's not very good at truly throwing the ball right now.
0: Right now. Right I, now. Yeah. I, I, I've said this multiple times. I think Cam Newton was having an MVP type season. Up until the injury.
1: I tweeted, "This is gonna. he's going to be a steal next season.
0: Yeah. But either way, uh, so it's going to be more of the same in that they're not really
1: great plays. Christian McCaffrey is the best of the bunch. He's going to get so much volume. It's insane. He's a RB1 high end. And then it's really chicken sticks with Moore and Samuel. Uh, Samuel is my preferred option. He's a better yak receiver. He sees more rushing work.
0: But I don't like either more than a wide receiver three flex. Yeah. Usually... The backup quarterback loves going to the tight end. How do you guys feel about Ian Thomas this week? I'm not trusting Ian Thomas. I- I'm not trusting anyone outside of McCaffrey. We didn't trust Ian Thomas last week,
1: really. Really, yeah. I'm not trusting anyone outside of McCaffrey this week. DJ Moore is a risky flex play. Same with Samuel. Prefer Moore though. Definitely not starting Ian Thomas.
0: Atlanta has been surprisingly good against Atlanta the tight defense
1: end. is now a good play.
0: Interesting. I played Atlanta defense last week. They got me twenty points. Yep. Um. All right. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? No. Good kid. Good kid? Or good kid. Oh, that you were calling me a good kid. I'm like, thanks, I'm a man. You're that's a piece cool. of trash. Um, <laughs> damn, that's that's harsh. Michael, I'm going to talk to you. I'm not talking to Jason anymore. Talk to me. Talk uh, to Michael, me Texans Sam. are taking on the Eagles. No um, Carson Wentz in this one. Nick Foles had the Nick Foles magic again. Uh, Kai Fairbairn. Uh, scored more points than Pat Mahomes last week. <laughs> fantasy football, everyone. Uh, welcome to fantasy football. Uh, we look, everyone tries to predict it, and this true throw value and true target value is the closest thing that I've seen to predicting success um, so far. Like like we've said, Jason has been using it uh, to guide his teams and he guided a team that was what six and seven had no business being in the playoffs. Uh, the record was no, kind of decent,
1: but I just had a lot of injuries. And once I got into the playoffs, I was like, there's no way I win a game.
0: And he's been doing it by starting Kenny Stills on his big games. He's been doing it by starting uh, Robbie Anderson in his big games uh, to Sean Hamilton. Hamilton in his big games. So, you know, this is a stat that has been doing well. Uh, with that being said, though, brought FF.com, by the way, if you want to check out that stat. With that being said, let's go over to the Texans. The Texans against the you know Jets.
1: Let me, I'm just going to hop right in because
0: talking about the stat. Sure. Go ahead. My
1: glory play of the week is Demarius Thomas. Uh, we've been throwing him to the side because he hasn't been seeing many targets. But if you look at the way Deshaun Watson has played recently, if you look at uh, the number of targets DT is receiving, the quality of them, he's 26th in target value over the last four weeks. And he's facing a Swiss cheese secondary in Philadelphia. That's someone I see a lot of value this week. I'm taking a shot on Demaris Thomas. Interesting.
0: Uh I mean D hop you have to play. Uh what about Lamar Miller? He left the game with an injury. Alfred Blue and him uh basically have been splitting carries and it's been doing well for Lamar Miller. Um what's the word on Lamar Miller? Uh
1: Lamar Miller It's really not there's no, no word yeah. on him yet. Uh who whichever one of them plays I'm rolling out there. It's going to be a good play. So you would start Alfred Blue if he's out. Yeah. He's, last time Alfred uh, Miller was out, Alfred Blue had 28 touches. Yep. Damn. So one of them is going to get 20 plus touches. That's just how the— Did you know I was going to say that? Yeah. Michael looked at me like threw his hand up like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that's and say that's it. how the uh, Houston Texans offense <laughs> rolls nowadays. So whichever one of them is a lead back. And the Eagles have been terrible against the run of late, so I'm firing him up.
0: Lamar Miller, by the way, pr- uh, practicing in a limited basis today. Uh, he has a high ankle sprain. Those those are one of those tricky ones. No, no, he ones. avoided
1: a high ankle sprain. Just a regular sprain.
0: Oh, right. A- avoided high ankle sprain. Sorry about that. Uh, those are tricky, though. Ankle sprains are tricky. You never really know. There's really no timeline. Um, obviously, you're starting D-Hop. Is there anyone else on this Texans lineup that you are considering? No, I'm not trusting the tight ends. What about Deshaun Watson? How you feeling about Deshaun this week? What? Jason loves Deshaun Watson this week. I was mind boggled. He always sits on Deshaun Watson. I love him this week too. I mean, it's it's hard to pass up on the Eagles
1: secondary. But Jason yeah. had Deshaun Watson as his fifth quarterback. Listen, when you have a player that's playing as efficiently as Deshaun Watson, it was it wasn't the efficiency I was arguing with. It was the fact that he didn't never threw for any yards. He was being overrated in games that he was overrated for. But this game in a cakewalk matchup, the way he's been playing recently. I think DeSean Watson's a very strong play. Yeah, the ta- Eagles
0: are the 31st ranked pass defense. Let's talk about the Eagles um, one of the big reasons why both me and Michael are not in the championship in the leagues that we were expecting to fully be in the championships in was because Zach Ertz completely busted with Nick Foles behind center. Is this something that you can expect going forward that, you know, Zach Ertz was is just not his guy and he's more Carson Wentz's guy? Or was this just a one-off and Zach Ertz going to be right back to where he deserves to be? So it turns out under Nick Foles, Zach Ertz gets more targets. Like an
1: an extra target per game, which seems unlikely because it seems like his production goes down, but that is the case. His production goes down despite the extra target. And Alshon Jeffrey sees less targets per game with Nick Foles, which seems questionable as well, because his production goes up with Nick Foles. So I don't know what it is about Nick Foles, but he has he just has a much better rapport with Alshon Jeffrey. We saw it last week, went eight for one sixty. Alshon Jeffrey hasn't had a game like that in weeks. He had a touchdown the week before that. So, against Houston defense, Houston defense has been great as a unit, but they've been terrible against wide receivers of late. We saw what Robbie Anderson did against them last week. Zach Pascal and players of that sort have caught touchdowns on them in recent weeks. So, I'm a big fan of Alshon Jeffrey this week. Uh, Zach Ertz, I don't think he's going to have another two-point performance. I don't think he's going to be—I don't think he's going to get you 20 points. He'll probably be somewhere around— Nine to twelve half PPR points.
0: Anyone else in this game you guys like to, would like to talk about? Let's talk about. I, I, honestly, I forgot about the backfield. Let's talk about the backfield. Josh Adams got injured twice last game. Came back twice last game. Wendell Smallwood. Wendell Smallwood. Excuse me. Scored two touchdowns on the ground. Um, if Josh Allen plays, how do you feel about him as a play? And if Josh Allen doesn't play, Adams. I'm sorry. Josh Adams doesn't play. Uh, is Wendell Smallwood someone you're starting with confidence? How can you
1: start any of these guys with confidence at this point? I, I'm just staying away from the bunch. It's not a. Wendell Smallwood had two touchdowns last week. You're kidding me? Come on, like, you never know who's gonna come out of the bunch. So, I'm just gonna stay away. I don't. I'm. I wouldn't start either of them. Yeah,
0: me neither. All right, so let's go on to our final. Uh, Game of this episode, the Giants at the Colts. Let's start with the Giants. Evan Ingram had a pretty good game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm not looking at the stats in front of me because my phone has
1: frozen. I'll, I'll let you know, Tim, that Please. he went
0: eight uh, for
1: 75 last week on 12 targets. Off the top of the dome, you know what I'm saying? And the week before that, 75. Uh, excuse me,
0: he had 75 yards as well the week before that. So Over 75 yards. We so. mentioned this in the preseason, and it is rang absolutely true to the very T. Not to pat ourselves on the back, but BrotoFF.com. Um We said that there's not enough targets in the Giants for the Giants to go around for Evan Ingram to be successful this season. Except OBJ's out now, so all of a sudden there is targets that has opened up, and we see those targets going to number one, Sterling Shepard, and number two, we're seeing him going to Evan Ingram. So in this game, Evan Ingram, where do you have him on your tight end list this week? And Sterling Shepard. Where do you see him finishing?
1: Assuming that, um, what's his face doesn't play. Odell Beckham Jr. Doesn't play. I am a big fan of Evan Ingram this week. If you look at what he's done recently, he's the, uh, on the season, just, This how you know, tight ends are bad on the season. He's 11th in uh, true target value. Even with Eli Manning throwing him the ball, even with the limited games he's played. So, I mean, when he's getting the ball, he's always been productive. The problem is he doesn't get the ball. Yeah, Over the last four weeks, he's a tight end five. Uh, He's Eli Manning's go-to, and OBJ is out, so I'm all over Evan Ingram. Shepard, on the other hand, over the last four weeks, 40th wide receiver in true target value. He's been a wide receiver, three flex type play with OBJ out. I think that remains true. Is this a
0: one-off for for Saquon? A lot of teams are not in the championship right now because Saquon scored seven last week. Yeah, Saquon will bounce back this week.
1: This was his first down game all season. I'm, they'll, playing, they'll give him the ball.
0: I'm playing Saquon, so I hope you're wrong. Um, but I think you're going to be right. Let's go over to the Colts' side. Ryan even, Ke- Honestly, even if Saquon isn't running well, they're just going to keep feeding it to him after what happened last week. It's true. Ryan Kelly returns at center, and if you look at the metrics, Ryan Kelly makes a difference in this Colts' running game, and that was on display against a pretty good defense. Dude, I'll tell you right now. Uh, Ryan Kelly, they averaged 4.47
1: yards per carry with him. Without him, it drops to 3.22. Also, with Kelly, the Colts haven't allowed a sack in six straight games. Also, Ebron got hurt a little bit last week, but Mo'Ally Cox played more snaps on him, and it was mostly as a blocker. So once Ryan Kelly came in, he completely changed the tone of the offense. They went run heavy. It's not a coincidence that Marlon Mack was looking great. Kelly got hurt, came back looking great. That's all One of you guys can speak. Yeah. yeah, that's why I absolutely love Marlon Mack this week. He's basically in the same scenario. He's a home favorite against the Giants, who have been the worst running defense in the league since Snacks Harrison left. And he's the go-to guy. I mean, he exploded last week, and I think it's going to be more of the
0: same this week. He's our overall running back eight. So Marlon Mack is going to get some heavy usage, but if he does, he's going to get 27 carries again, you think? I seem getting twenty a plus carries.
1: Against the Giants, it could easily happen. Yeah.
0: That's why right, we so, worry about Andrew Luck, right? So now let's let's go over to what could happen because of that. Andrew Luck, he saw his play decrease incredibly. Only threw the ball twenty seven times, completed sixteen throws for one hundred and ninety two yards, zero and zero touchdown interceptions. Um, if you are starting Andrew Luck, we're starting him. I yes, you it's have a, to. Start it's a him. little
1: concern though. If you started him, what are your expectations? Uh, you should expect top five numbers. Uh, mm. He's been playing like a top five quarterback and the Giants are not a daunting matchup. So I expect him to be just that with the way T.Y. Hilton's played recently. T.Y. Hilton, I'll just get into him played on only 57% of the team's snaps last week. Michael's a moron. <laughs> <laughs> played on 57% of the team snaps last week was on the field for 90% of Andrew Lux passes. They're using him. Even if he plays limited because of an injury. And Andrew Luck has been very good using T. Y. Hilton, so I'm all over Luck. Yeah, we've been talking about uh, the connection of Luck-Hilton connection since Week 11. T. Y. Hilton has 641 receiving yards. The next closest receiver in that time is Amari Cooper
0: with 540.
1: That's a 101-yard difference.
0: He's been insane. And if you take away, and if you take away half of his 200-yard game, he's still the league leader. Yep, it's insane. Um. So obviously you're starting him as well. Any other pass catchers? Eric Ebron. Um, he's been up and down. Uh had a down week last week. Uh how you feeling about Eric Ebron? Dallas is also really good against a tight end. Plus,
1: they uh they had they were run, they were very run heavy because they shut out the Cowboys. I'm rolling Ebron out as a tight end one again, per usual. Just Always writing
0: off last game. You gotta. You really don't have a choice when you're gonna go start Blake Jarwin. Um all right. With that being said, that is our last game of the docket. We will come to you very shortly. See you then. Like, or I'll see you another time. Literally right after this, we're going to record the next one. Um, so, but until, until then, Michael, where can they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. Jason? At Jason Patrop. You can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling frisky. real, real, real frisky. Remember, as if we didn't remind you enough times brotoff.com the brand new Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, is year-round. Also, this Sunday, we are joining the guys from D-Generation Bets, Nick Lamb and Impy, You already know. He is going to be, they are going to be joining us, and we are going to be going over every single matchup, every single player. Nick and Impy are going to give you the DFS portion of it. We are going to give you the yearly portion of it. So even if you're not in your fantasy championship, come hang out play DFS. The most money that gets given out on DFS is week 16 every single year. So go get yourself some of that cash. Also remember, if you want to find out about our rankings, um, the true target values and the true throw values, go to BrotoFF.com. We're going to be releasing a video that will explain it more. There's also descriptions on the page. Um, Use that tool to dominate your fantasy championship matchups. Until next time, we are Are the Bronto Fantasy Football Podcast, and we will see you next time. Peace.